Hi, everybody. It's the Athletic Cleveland Podcast. Zach Jackson here, Browns writer for the Athletic Cleveland, and it is here. The season opener, Hard Knocks, is over. The always miserable and useless preseason is over. The offseason hype train is rolling, and now the Cleveland Browns play the games that count, and they start Sunday with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town. Uh, I'm going to give you a little update on where I think the Browns are, some things I see headed into Sunday and headed into the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to have my cohort, Mark Caboli from the Athletic Pittsburgh on, who's going to talk about the Le'Veon Bell situation. Le'Veon Bell, excuse me. Uh, I'm always um, the person that no one likes correcting people, and then I go ahead and do that. So Le'Veon Bell, um, you know what the Steelers are going to be offensively, I think, which is a pass-heavy team. Uh, that's still one of my biggest concerns with the Browns is the secondary, uh, the defensive scheme, and the, and the defensive talent uh, in the back holding up against the pass. Uh, we'll talk a little AFC North and everything else. So uh, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, well, what are you waiting for? Uh, we had a good August in terms of content, in terms of adding subscribers. We know the hype trains are rolling, and this is a great time. Uh, got all sorts of articles coming from different angles uh, every week, this weekend, and into the coming weeks. Really excited that the season is finally here to unveil some new things, um, to experiment with some new things, and then selfishly, you know, to not cover an 0-16 team so you actually have things to write about, quite frankly. So I know sometimes podcast listeners like it when we open the curtain on what we do and what we see. Well, that's the reality. Uh, When the team is in the real living, breathing NFL, which I think the Browns eventually will be, they're a whole hell of a lot more fun to cover. They're a whole lot easier to cover. So, uh, this is Thursday night ahead of the game. Um, some issues. On Friday, I'm expecting Hugh Jackson to name undrafted rookie Desmond Harrison as the starting left tackle. That means Joel Batonio will go back to left guard after a month or so uh, at playing out at left tackle. It means second rounder Austin Corbett will go to the bench, probably as the backup center, certainly as the sixth offensive lineman coming in at guard. And we'll see what happens there. Um, this 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 does not mean that anything is sunk, and they trust Harrison's talent, and he has rare rare size, rare gifts that you look for in a left tackle. And down the road, they might say, wow, what great scouting and great patience slash persistence to stick with this kid, uh, despite the troubles that he had four and five years ago at the University of Texas, disappeared from football for a couple of years. Um, and then maybe you got a left tackle for nothing. But to put a guy out there that's played against second and third teamers uh, hasn't taken a real first-team snap at all, was playing at West Georgia a year ago, and the two years before that was not playing football at all. In game one, he's playing the all-important left tackle position. Um, This is a little shaky, and and the offensive line depth is a little shaky to start with. So this is a risk, and uh, we will see what happens with that you know personnel wise i think the browns are set otherwise they're not going to start josh gordon he'll be in on the third play or the second drive whatever um defensively you know i'm not sure if peppers or kindred will start i think it probably would be kindred based on what i've seen uh however both are going to play you know against the steelers you're going to have to play five and six defensive backs a lot probably more than greg williams wants to Brian Body Calhoun is a guy that really had a strong summer, and the Browns are counting on him to come in and make plays as a nickel corner. 
corner as an occasional safety, and we'll see how that goes. Um, something I'm interested in and something people have asked about, you know, will Denzel Ward follow Antonio Brown all over the field? And, of course, they're not going to answer that for us. Um, that's a strategy question, and there might be a time or two that they do. You know, you don't show everything in the preseason. But throughout camp in the preseason, Denzel Ward was the left corner, and that was it. Uh, Terrence Mitchell was the right corner, and Body Calhoun was the first slot. So for as much as they mix up the lineups and mix up the packages and, and everything you do in today's NFL, I did not see that go on. So, again, that doesn't mean it won't go on, uh, but I did not see that go on. I believe in Denzel Ward's talent. He's a good player, and he's ready to play right now. Uh, but quarterbacks are always going to find the rookie. So... Um, you know, it's going to be, I'm not going to say it's going to be a difficult season. I'm going to say that it's not going to be all rainbows and butterflies and a bunch of interceptions for Denzel Ward. Now his closing speed and his ball skills are phenomenal, but he's going to get targeted early and often this Sunday, next Sunday into future Sundays, throw in a Thursday and Saturday, and we'll see how that goes. Overall though, I do feel good about the defense. Uh, Miles Garrett, I, I'm ex- I think, is sitting on a great year. I think Joe Schobert has taken strides. If Jamie Collins is healthy and engaged, um, the guy can do a lot of things and allow other guys the opportunity to freelance, to gamble, and do that. So especially if the Browns are going to get one of these first two, Saints and Steelers, the defense has to do it. You know, offensively, we've been waiting on the left tackle thing. As we said, we know Carlos Hyde's a starting running back, but I think all three are going to play. I don't think Chubb's going to play much early, but I think they're all, all three are going to play. Um, you know, we're waiting to see how it sorts out with Gordon. You know, Najoku is basically another wide receiver. You know, the interesting thing to me is that he said Callaway would start, and they love Callaway's talent. You know, I think as the season goes on, he's a role player, a spot player. He'll return kicks. Uh, they'll try to give him the ball and slip screens and end the rounds and things like that. But Rashard Higgins has really come on. And now, especially as you bring Gordon back, uh, where you line up Jarvis Landry, how you try to get him the ball, because they will. And I think especially this week, Jarvis Landry is going to be the focal point of the offense. Um, the Browns have some talent, guys. They have some weapons. Uh, they don't have to rely on one guy, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, not just this week, but over the coming weeks, you know, how it evolves, how they spread the ball around, and how they attack. And of course, if you're going to beat the Saints or the Steelers, as I keep coming back to this, you're going to need to get touchdowns instead of field goals when the opportunities present themselves. And you're going to need everybody uh, to get involved because the Steelers, in certain situations, are going to devote extra attention to taking away Landry, to taking away Gordon. So you're going to need Joku, Higgins, Callaway, Duke Johnson, uh, all to produce. And we will see, you know, just how that goes. So, um, again, we'll get to, get to the Steelers here with Mark Caboli in a minute. Um, you know, the feedback lines are always open, guys. I do the hashtag Askin Jackson on Twitter. As some of you probably know, if you're listening to this podcast, always submit questions. That's a once-a-week mailbag. And we're open to ideas of who do you want to know more about? Um, you know, what would you like to see us dive into as the season goes along? Uh, as far as the written part of The Athletic, going to try to do more podcasts, too. Uh, just couldn't get with Dustin Fox this week. Uh, it was just difficult for both of our schedules with opening week uh, and everything that was going on. So we will catch up soon. We don't live that far away from each other, and we see each other fairly often. We just couldn't find a time that worked for us this week to get on and talk and and really break down. I mean, Dustin, having played in the league, uh, brings a perspective, frankly, that I don't have. Um, You know, he knows the team very well, and I always enjoy our discussions from the feedback. I think that you guys do, too. Uh, Big picture. 
you know, the Browns are better, guys. They, that, that's obvious. Uh, 60% of the roster was turned over. I thought that was on the conservative side. Uh, John Dorsey looked at some guys, Nate Orchard, Carl Nassib, um, said, you got to go. What was here wasn't good enough. Spencer Drango, uh, what was here wasn't good enough. Um, you know, I thought going back to camp, I thought the biggest move of camp was Batonio going out to left tackle, which now is going to be switched back. I thought that was way bigger than Corey Coleman, who was always a problem child and, and really – uh, with the exception of a few fly patterns, never showed that he was really going to help this team. I think the receiving core is in a much better place. Um, you know, here's what hangs out there: the, the coaching thing. You know, even if the Haslam's don't want him on the hot seat, and, and they clearly don't. Um, you know, we know what's gone on, and until they win, they haven't won, and it's about winning. And then a quarterback. Um, you know, I love Tyrod Taylor. I love the plan going back to the off season. Uh, as far as bringing a leader, allow him to step up and lead and establish himself the way Tyrod did and Tyrod has. Um, the reality is Baker Mayfield's the number one pick. And Baker Mayfield in May and June was a rookie who was in a brand new environment, brand new place, brand new playbook, brand new everything. Over the first couple weeks of August, Baker Mayfield got comfortable, and his time is coming sooner than later. Um, so I'm not saying Tyrod's going to flop. I don't think that he will. I'm just saying if the Browns don't win. And if he doesn't play at really the, the highest level of his, his career, anytime after week three, it's in play. And this is just the reality. Uh, I, cannot, I cannot pick a team to win more than they lose to make the playoffs where there's a cloud hanging over the coach, where there's a hot seat situation with the coach, and where you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. So uh, I think the, I know the Browns will be more competitive. I think Miles Garrett will get into double-digit sacks and under the right circumstances can flirt with 15. I think the defense will win a couple of games on its own, and as the offense evolves and we really see what they want to do, uh, what they're good at, what they're able to do with those weapons, with being able to spread the ball around, uh, they'll score enough points to win a lot of games. I still can't pick them to win more than five games, not on this schedule, uh, not with what's hanging over, and and, and we'll see. So uh, I, I am excited for the future of this team. I trust in John Dorsey, even though I don't agree with all of his picks. And look, anybody in his situation, you know, half of the free agent moves are going to work out, half of them aren't. Half of the draft picks are going to work out, half of them aren't. Uh, we'll see how it evolves, what other moves he can make. You know, even this week, they make a practice squad change right away. They make a waiver claim on Thursday. They have two free agents visit on Wednesday, or, or maybe even three. They have some more tryouts lined up for next week. So this whole thing is a work in progress. Uh, the 22 guys that start on Sunday – even by October 15th, only like 18 of those guys will be starting. You know, the the 35 guys who play significant snaps, that'll change too. And, and obviously we look at the quarterback change or if there's a real lineup change, you know, in the secondary on the defensive line, something like that. But a lot is going to change and evolve. Good teams get better as the season goes along, and I think the Browns will get better. I think in November you'll see a really good, uh, a really improved Browns team. I, I really believe that. Now, is this Browns team good enough to win one of these first two? We will see. Sunday, they play the Steelers, as you know. Oh, one other thing I want to discuss, the weather. Um, the forecast for Sunday is getting worse. Now, I don't ever trust the Northeast Ohio forecast, especially at this time of year. You just never know. But apparently there's tropical storm uh, or maybe multiple. The remnants are, are headed this way, and it kind of seems inevitable it's going to be an issue. So my general thought, my first two general thoughts actually on that are, are as follows. 
one, um, these guys are pros, and unless it's significant, you know, both teams are affected. These guys have played in weather before. I, I can't see it being a huge factor. Two, if it is awful, if it is dangerous rain and storms, the game will get delayed, uh, and we'll see, we'll see what happens um, with that. I, I think it's probably going to be more of the rain in the morning that's going to piss on everyone's tailgate. That's going to it's going to take an atmosphere that would have been really wild and and pun intended, uh, kind of put a damper on it a little bit but we'll see um you know this is the nfl these are big boys the steelers have a big boy quarterback um that, that can throw in the elements and i and i think the browns can make the plays in it too so I, I just think it would be disappointing uh if it makes it miserable for the fans if it really would rain enough to affect the field conditions of the games but the field is in pristine condition it's covered all the time so like i said unless it's an extreme weather situation i can't really see it being an outcome that that being said, a very Browns thing would be to have a weather delay in the week one game that you've been waiting 20 years for. So uh, I'm not a forecaster. I'm not very smart at all. In fact, as you guys point out in the comments section. So we'll see what happens. Let's bring in Mark Caboli and talk some Steelers. All right, as promised, enough of me rambling. We bring in my cohort. <laughs> My friend, are we friends or enemies? I don't know. His name is Mark Caboli. He works at the Athletic Pittsburgh. He's covered the Steelers for a long time. And most importantly, he's coming to Cleveland on Sunday. Hey, welcome to the Athletic Cleveland po- Podcast. Thanks, Zach. I tell you what, just don't talk about my contract because even if we're teammates, <laughs> you better not talk. That's an unwritten rule. So don't yeah. be talking about our contracts. Um, <laughs> what has the uh, work week been like over there? Certainly different than the standard. Uh, a little interesting, eh? Don't you think? <laughs> With the whole Le'Veon Bell situation. And I'm sure if you're uh, listening to this podcast, you've probably heard some things are going on. It's just very, very – I wouldn't say it's strained in that locker room right now, but – I think the bottom line is the Steelers thought, or at least some of the players who have, uh, you know, conversed with Le'Veon Bell over these past couple of months, believed that he was going to show up Wednesday. And when he didn't, they felt a little bit betrayed and sort of out of the norm. Not for this team, though, because they tend to speak their mind, especially right. with their offensive line. They decided to let everybody know. <laughs> and uh, it's taken off from there right now. And the biggest question now moving forward is, is he going to be there for Sunday's game? I mean, regardless if he signs or if he signs his franchise tender and reports to the team, there's zero chance he plays Sunday. The question for the Steelers is, when is he going to return? And nobody right. knows that answer right now. Right. This is a little bit of a journalism dork question, but I think it's what people want to know. You know, on Wednesday and Thursday, when – or probably Wednesday more specifically, when you went walking up to Ramon Foster and to Pouncey, did you know what their answers were going to be, or or were you kind of um, surprised by the reaction? No, you know what? A little bit of each, because first of all, they had to practice in an open locker room on Monday. Typically they don't have that, but since it's the first week of the season, they haven't. Every single person we talked to on Wednesday talked to on Monday, and they, they backed him. They had nothing but positive to say about him Wednesday there's a Wednesday morning session from 9:30 to 10 um, so not a lot of people were in the locker room Roethlisberger was in there and uh, there wasn't much talk there then around noontime is when Le'Veon Bell's agent went on Sirius XM radio 
basically said he's not showing up. He's going to preserve himself, and we'll see when he gets there. That trickled down to the players, and once they came off the field for a second open locker room section, it was okay. It's time to unleash it, and that's what exactly what they did. You have to understand, where these are coming from are coming from the offensive linemen who are Marquise Pouncey, 10 years in the league, or nine years in the league, oh, nine, nine years, no Super Bowl wins. Ramon Foster, 10 years in the league, likely will be his last with the Steelers. David DeCastro, seven years in the league, guy who has not played in the Super Bowl himself. So they're looking at Le'Veon Bell is now affecting our job, our ability to win here. So that's why it changed from Monday to Wednesday to the point of, okay, he can get his money, fine, whatever. He's going to show up. He's going to help us. To, wait a second. Now it's affecting us. There's an issue. This is what we're going to say. And that's basically what happened. Right, right. Uh, obviously, you don't know this answer. Uh, if he doesn't show up by Saturday, he forfeits $885,000. Do you think he'll show up by Saturday? When, when does your gut tell you he'll, he'll show up? Uh, you know, there's reports that he will show up Saturday. Let me tell you, if he does that, that's the ultimate bone, not bonehead move, but the ultimate thumb your nose to the organization yes, move I've ever seen in my life. Because <laughs> at that time, he wants to ensure himself all his paydays, but he doesn't want to play in that first game. Yeah. However, there's, there's, I don't think that matters because the Steelers can apply for a roster exemption and basically sit him out for up to two weeks and, if that's the case, he does not get paid for that. So even the thought of him showing up Saturday just to be right. on the sideline is just thumb in my nose. But you know what? You're looking at all different types of scenarios. If he truly wants to pre- preserve himself for free agency next year, you have to look at you know you have to look to the bye week, October 21st, somewhere around there. Maybe he shows up. I mean, at this point, nobody knows. They thought they knew, and that's one of the reasons why they're kind of upset because they do not know. At least the players. I'm quite sure that Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, Art Rooney have some inkling of what might be going on. They're not going to tell us because if it doesn't come true, then they look like fools. But at this point, I mean, we're looking, you know, we're refreshing Twitter, looking around the facility constantly saying, is he coming? Is he here? Is he here? If we're doing that, you imagine the players are doing that. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk a little about some of the guys that are going to be there. Mark, I mean, I think our listeners know the Steelers well, with the exception of James Conner. Over there, what what do the Steelers think about Miles Garrett, and do you think they're going to double-team him on Sunday? Wow, Miles Garrett's going to be up against probably Alejandro Villanueva for the majority of the game, or at least a good portion of the game. And Villanueva, he, he played it basically down the middle, basically saying Miles Garrett is a great player. Uh, but you know what? I face great players every week. Next week against Kansas City, I'm going to find – go against a great player the week after that i'm gonna go against a great player and somebody from tampa whoever it is so they're not overblown the fact that that this guy is good and he's a guy that has his sights set on roethlisberger as you know as well as i do he wants to set roethlisberger and you know as well as i do he's not had a chance yet because roethlisberger is or either he or roethlisberger has not played in each one of those games last year so they're aware of him the problem with their what the Steelers are is they're going to only going to have two tight ends because Vance McDonald is 99% out and Xavier Grimble's coming back from a wrist injury and he's only been practicing a couple of days. So rather than maybe a tight end like Jesse James on that side, I think we might see a third tackle like 
Chooks Akur for Rocky out of Western Michigan. They like to play that jumbo package. He might be more over there than uh, you see a tight end because they don't have a ton of tight ends right now because they're right. banged up. And you know Vance hates that because the Browns just don't cover the tight ends. So that, that's a uh, <laughs> potential. They don't factor. have to worry about it because they don't have to worry about it this way because yeah. you know Jesse James is Jesse James. Right. <laughs> that's all they have. We know how good AB is. Uh, he's probably going to be facing a rookie. Although I don't think the Browns are going to switch sides. So, um, you know, is it any concern at all that AB didn't play in the preseason? And what nah. will we see from the Steeler offense? No, nah, it doesn't matter with that guy. I got a freak. Right. Uh, they were just being very, very cautious with that quad injury. And he's, I mean, he's as good as he's ever been. And the majority of the offense is going to be go through him. And the the biggest question, I guess, is, and then at least in the Pittsburgh side, is how is this offense going to operate under a new offensive coordinator with Randy Fickner taking over for Todd Haley? And you guys should know all about Randy Fickner up there because I believe he's, I believe uh, his dad played for Cleveland. Yes, he did at one point way back when. So uh, this the question is how he calls a game. I think definitely you're going to see a lot of no huddle where Roethlisberger makes calls at the line, have sort of RPO type of. Uh, ability where not him running the ball, but able to choose between passes and runs. A lot of Antonio Brown, and and for the most part, it's going to be James Conner. I mean, uh, they got Stephen Ridley, the guy that you remember probably from 1,200 yards in New England maybe five or six years ago. But right. James Conner is a guy that wasn't very good last year, was out of shape, was out hurt, didn't know how to play the game, got injured with the MCL, was out for the season late in the year. But something switched. The guy looks like a running back. He acts like a running back now. He, he reshaped his body, and he's quick. He's fast. He's a one-cut guy. He can catch the ball now. It, it, for the most part, he's not Le'Veon Bell because not many people are. But he is very. He's not the James Conner that you guys saw up there, week one last year, where he was a total mess. Right. This guy has some talent, and they're going to give him the ball. Yeah. Um, Tomlin downplayed it. Hugh downplayed it. Haley downplayed it. But from where I sit, Mark, it is a big deal that Todd Haley knows the Steelers as well as anybody, and I think he can help the Browns on Sunday. Where, where do you sit on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it probably goes the other way, too, because Keith Butler, Steelers defensive coordinator, the Steelers offensive uh, work for the past six years. And Tomlin said, hey, I'm not worried about what he thinks that I think that I think that he thinks he does. <laughs> and Keith Butler basically said the same thing right there. I mean, the things you have to worry about are some of the calls, some of the checks, some of the changes. But they typically change those from year to year, sometimes month to month, week to week. But there is a tendency there. I mean, there's a tendency that that they know what Todd Haley likes to do. On the flip side with their defense is with, with Cleveland's offense and the Steelers' defense. The Steelers' defense has totally different scheme this year what they're doing with their secondary people. They're going to, you're going to see a lot of three safeties, one linebacker, six defensive backs. That's stuff they didn't do last year because they didn't have the personnel. So that might be a little bit different because you can't, you have nothing to look at because they have yet to do that. They're going to unveil, it has to be, you know, six to eight different types of either schemes or little tweaks to schemes where they can get their best players on the field on Sunday and they think a lot of their good players are now in the secondary when they got Terrell Edmonds first round pick they got obviously Joe Hayden who's been spectacular for him Artie Burns Sean Davis Morgan Burnett 
you can name them to name them. They're going to use those guys in different types of ways. And I don't think Haley has seen that yet. They haven't showed a lot of it in preseason, so he probably hasn't seen it. Right. Um, you know, I don't know that there's a real answer to this, but do you think there's any validity to the thought that last year, game one, the Steelers went through the motions because they knew the Browns stunk because Miles wasn't there because they needed the work, and that this year with Haley, with Jarvis Landry, with Taylor, with Josh Gordon, with Miles, they have the Steelers' attention, and the Steelers are going to bring their A game on Sunday? Well, that is a tough question because everything you, everybody you talk to right now on the Steelers' side, they say the right things. Like, hey, this team is talented. We know they got a ton of talent on offense. You know, a lot of talent on defense as well. We, we're well aware of that. But in the back of their mind, I mean, it's still in their minds, Cleveland. I mean, when the, I don't even know when the last time they lost to Cleveland. It might have been, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Ben Roth Twice in Ben's career, yes. <laughs> is, he, is he still the all-time leading? The winningest uh, quarterback winner, in First Energy Stadium. In, yes, he is. He's I, I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. So <laughs> I think they know there's a lot of talent. They know there's a lot of high pedigree talent on that team. In the back of their minds, they have to say it's, you know, it's just Cleveland. I mean, it has to be. You have to be human. But, you know, on the flip side of that, hey, Cleveland, what, they lose by three and four last year? Right. It's not like it's not like in that first game, that home opener, they probably should have lost to the Browns. Yeah. So you can that always block, talk You take about that block that. punt out, it's a totally different game. I mean, even that last play, I think Antonio Brown went right. up over seven people or so, whatever. He did one of those Antonio, like we call him in Pittsburgh, one of those Antonio plays yep. where everybody knows it's going to him, throwing up, and he makes that play. He doesn't make that play. They lose. So, yep. they, I mean, it's a rivalry. I mean, they haven't won, but they know. I mean, Cleveland, I don't recall too many games in, in the recent history where it's just been a whitewash. Right. Um, my prediction is low scoring. Uh, Browns play well. Ben gets the ball last. Steelers win. 24-20, 20-17, something like that. What do you think? Yeah, it's a be good. You know, what I would like to see is, you know, <laughs> they totally implode and Le'Veon doesn't show up again. It gives me a couple easy more stories to write. <laughs> but if you look at it, I mean, <laughs> to me, until the Browns show that the talent they have can, you know, translate into victories, and uh, stuff like that. I can't really go and pick them. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. And I think, I think the Steelers' offense is going to be a little bit better. I think, in the end, it's just going to be, like you said, if there's a rookie covering Antonio Brown, they're going to find him, and they, it's going to be a game where he's the difference maker. I can see a you know, 24-17 type of game as well. But I wouldn't be if if the Browns win this game. I wouldn't be driving back home on. Turnpike saying, "Wow, I can't believe the Browns won." So it's not like it's a a, a situation where the the Browns can't play with them. The Browns can win this game easily. Absolutely, yes, they can. They can, and it should be interesting. Well, listen, my friend, live a little, uh, leave a little earlier. The construction is a mess, and the city of Cleveland uh, is as pumped as it's ever been. Uh, so people are going to be everywhere. So. Uh, uh, be wild. I guess I'm going to have to leave real early then, huh? <laughs> I would I would recommend it just based on what I just based on what I've seen the last couple of weeks. Uh, I would recommend it. But uh, appreciate your time. Look forward to catching right, up man. with you. And you know what we like you said we root for our stories, right? Like we look forward yeah. to a good game, and then we get on to the next one uh, and see when you see when 26 shows up, and I see if the Browns finally win a game. <laughs> 
Yeah, people don't understand that I, I don't really care if they win or lose. Yes. How can't you? Huh? Nah, I don't care. Right. Whatever's a good story, what's, what's <laughs> you know, sometimes you root for people. You know, sure. you root for individuals to succeed because they're nice guys. You know, they face long odds. But I couldn't tell you the last time I was upset over a Steelers loss. No. Maybe when I was about eight. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people I don't care ever care about the linebacker getting to a spot on time. I care about my flight leaving on time the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, yes, no delays. All right, enough of that. Hey, Marco Boli, Athletic Pittsburgh, Zach Jackson, Athletic Cleveland, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.